real-time insights into grants and pledges and other financial information are critical for the social sector. Yet, due to the pandemic and other related issues, what should be a publicly available data is lagging more than ever before. What can we do to counter this crisis? Today, Kathleen Clerkin, Senior Director of Research at Candid, is going to share some steps to foster transparency and keep everyone better informed. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Inspired Investing. I'm your host, Claire Gola, Head of Foundation and Institutional Advisory at Bernstein. This podcast is where we strive to connect and share insights with listeners like you who are engaged in the nonprofit, philanthropy, and broader social sector. So here we go today. Information is power. And we live in a world where more and more information, and unfortunately misinformation, is at our fingertips every day, 24-7. Yet unfortunately, certain data that is absolutely critical for nonprofits and foundations and the professionals who partner with them is increasingly difficult to access. So we're delighted to have with us today Kathleen Clerkin to break it all down as we head into the new year. Welcome, Kathleen. Hi, Claire. It's so good to be here. Um, Thanks for having me on your show. I'm so excited to have this conversation. Awesome. Yeah, me too. I've had lots of people asking me about what is going on? Why is there such a lag in the data these days? So as you know, I recently read your article. It was on Candid's site titled The Data Crisis Catch-22, How the Pandemic Created a Social Sector Data Gap. (laughs) So it really resonated with me. Uh, But before we dive into that, I'd love to pull back and just provide some context, right? So most of our listeners are aware of Candid um, and that it was created a few years back. Well, some are aware that it was created a few years back by this merger between GuideStar and Foundation Center. And so maybe we can start there. What was the vision behind combining these two organizations? Yeah, sure. For folks who who don't know, uh, Candid is a nonprofit that provides comprehensive data and insights about the social sector. Um, We know that, you know, millions of nonprofits spend uh, trillions of dollars around the world. And our our goal is to find out where that money goes, where it comes from and why it matters. And you're absolutely correct. So GuideStar was born um, in 2019 as the result of a merger between GuideStar and Foundation Center. And the reason behind the merger um, was that both GuideStar and Foundation Center held really important pieces of the social sector puzzle, so to speak. And they were, you know, amazing organizations separately, but um, so much more impactful together. And so on the GuideStar side of things, again, if folks uh, aren't familiar with GuideStar, GuideStar was a, a nonprofit that started back in the 90s and really, you know, focused on data and information about nonprofits. You know, so information about how many nonprofits uh, are working on different issues, where they're located, what populations they serve. Um, And then kind of on the flip side of that, Foundation Center uh, was a nonprofit that really focused on grant making. So it, it had, you know, nearly five decades worth of information and data about foundations, grant-making practices. In, in that case, the, the grant-making was really kind of the unit of analysis. Again, both organizations were super awesome, um, but really looked at the sector from kind of a single vantage point. And so when we merged, the goal was really to take a more kind of holistic view of the sector, put those different puzzle pieces together, and kind of foster not only more comprehensive data, but more transparency and resources for like the whole sector. All right. That makes a ton of sense uh, for so many reasons. But I feel like so many social sector participants still think of one or the other. Like maybe I'm lazy, but I will still type in GuideStar right, to go to one or the other. So let's just like to be clear, if I'm a midsize foundation and I want to know 
who else is giving to, say, a particular issue area, I could just go straight to Candid to get that information. Is that correct? I don't have to go don't have to go to Foundation Source, which is just like Candid isn't just a parent company or whatever. Right. And so right now we kind of have a little bit of everything. So you can definitely just go to candid.org and all of our resources are right there. But yes, the idea is that we have tools, resources for everyone in the social sector, kind of no matter where you sit. For example, our GuideStar tool is still available. Um, it's now called, you know, Candid's GuideStar. Um, and that's an excellent resource for, for folks who are trying to find more information about nonprofits. So you can go on there, find information about, you know, 1.8 million um, U.S. nonprofits. Um, but you can also go to our Candid's Foundation directory uh, if you want to get that kind of tool about looking up grants that you, you maybe had found on Foundation Center um, in the past. Okay, got it. So while some people are a little slow like me, you really can <laughs> go to the same place for all of these things. I love this because you're breaking down some of these traditional silos that have so, so long you know, been characterizing social sector organizations, right, as either funders or grantees, right? Like there's this wall between them. And so we've also been seeing this at Bernstein, right, where the lines are blurring, there are more creative partnerships forming across different types of entities to really make up the social sector. Can you talk a little bit more about that with us? Yeah, absolutely. You know, as I was kind of saying, that that was really one of the catalysts for the merger of breaking down some of these silos that are sometimes limiting and sometimes a little fuzzy, right? And I think increasingly so. Um, so rather than seeing people as funders or as foundations or nonprofits, we're really looking at the whole sector as a group of entities, whether they're nonprofits or individuals who are kind of working together for, for private action for public good. Got it. You have this schematic. This uh, Nobody can see this right now, obviously. We're just on audio, not video. But this schematic on the Candid website is so awesome that, um, listeners, you don't need to go anywhere else to figure out who all the players are across the social sector. We're including a link to the schematic in this episode description because I just thought it was such a great resource. We get so many questions from clients about what is this kind of organization again? What is a B Corp? What is a public operating versus non-operating foundation? It's got it all, right? So it's awesome. And I think it's, you know, it's especially important because when we think about these massive issues <laughs> that we're, are facing us right now, I mean, we're thinking about like climate change and genocide and global pandemics, right? They're not going to be solved just by traditional foundation funders or just by nonprofit organizations, right? They're going to be all sorts of players and resources necessary to pitch in. So I really, I thank Candid for that. So it's great, great stuff. So just to, to share a little bit about that, it's some a resource that my team worked on um, fairly recently. We call it uh, Candid's U.S. Social Sector Dashboard, and it is it is available online. And it is a, an example of how we've tried to really explicitly break down those those artificial barriers. The way that the, the resource is organized is that it's organized in kind of tab form, so you can click through and look at the different tabs. And we on purpose organize the tabs around people, money, and organizations in, in the sector, uh, but did not divide it up, right, of like nonprofits and foundations. And then there's that big visual that you were talking about on the about page that shows how we're seeing the social sector, how we're seeing some of those lines blur, how we're seeing things like B Corps and unincorporated community foundations, and even individuals kind of stepping in and, and playing a role in the social sector. 
Yeah, thank you. It's really a great, a great resource. So I want to step back to the data collection piece. So candid data includes foundations of all sizes, correct? And I think you've talked about this as a bit of sort of a virtuous cycle. Can you share a little bit about that with us? Yes. So we have organizations of all sizes. We, uh, you know, if you're a very small foundation, if you're a one person foundation, we have data and information. We want your data and information. Same thing for the, uh, you know, nonprofits. Uh, no nonprofit is, is too small. We have data about nonprofits who file the 990Ns or the postcard 990s for the very small organizations. And it is one of those things where everybody's data is important. And what we really try to do at, at Candid is be comprehensive about the sector, be as expansive as possible. And so every, you know, back to that analogy of pieces of the puzzle, every piece of the puzzle is important if we want to see the, the big picture. And so I would definitely encourage, um, no matter how big or small your organization is, to, to check out Candid's resources and, and to also share data. I think you've also you've referenced it as like you've used a, a voting analogy, right? Like if you think, oh, I'm just a small organization, my you know my data won't count or whatever, right? That would be a not so virtuous cycle. So so get out yeah. there and vote, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, vote with your data. And I do think it's one of those things where it like voting, it feels like such a small action. Like, does my action really matter? Does uploading my my 990 or updating my candid profile? I'm doing, you know, sharing my grant making practices. How can that possibly make a difference? Um, But just like voting, right? Like everybody has to do it. And then it makes a huge difference. This is how we shape the sector. I love that we can weave a sort of public service announcement into this (laughs) podcast in the middle. It's great. Um, So along those lines, too, a lot of folks go to Candid just to pull up the 990 or the 990PF or just to look at those financial records. But there are a lot of other things that an organization can do, right, to own their own narrative also, which I think is really important. Do you want to share something about that? Yes, of course, 990s are important, um, but 990s can't tell the whole story of an organization. Um, and it certainly can't tell you know, the whole story of, of the sector. And so we do so much more than just collect and disseminate 990s. We have so many resources, like I said, you know, on our website. Um, we have a whole um, candid learning on our website where folks can go and learn about everything from how to start a nonprofit to how to improve their fundraising strategy. So I really suggest checking that out. Um, and, and then like you said, that there's a lot of opportunities for, for nonprofits to tell their story and own their story. So if you go to Candid nonprofit profiles on, on GuideStar, organizations have an opportunity to claim their profile, to update their information, to share all kinds of information. We have some really helpful forms and guidance around how to do that, how folks can share a deeper story about their mission, about their staff, about the, the communities that they serve, about their goals and their impact. And we've also heard from from some of our nonprofits that we work with that this can actually be a really helpful starting place for future conversations with funders, because it's a lot of the same information that funders will ask you for down the road. Yeah, no, I can't agree more. It's a really, it is a great starting place. You're starting to build that message out. That's a good way to think about it. All right, so we've talked a little bit about the data, that it's important, how it's being used. Now let's turn to this really frustrating issue of this lag effect that's going on. So Tell us a little bit more about, you know, how this lag has been exacerbated by the pandemic. Is it supply chain issues? Like I can't order toilet paper for my house. The same, you know what I mean? And I can't get data on my nonprofits. Help me understand this. 
Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, a little bit. It's a little bit of the same toilet paper challenge. (laughs) So, you know, to back up, there's always been a lag. And I think that that's kind of important as a starting place. There's always been a lag when it comes to 990 data, um, just because of the tax process, right? Like at the end of 2022, we will start thinking about filing our taxes. We won't file that until mid-2023. And that data might not be available, you know, for a little while longer. And so, There's always been kind of when it comes to tax information, at least a year, sometimes two years as far as a lag. So we're we're pretty used to that in the sector. But recently what we've been seeing is the lag is, you know, closer to three years. So it's almost doubled. It's really frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) It is frustrating, Claire. (laughs) I think it's especially frustrating where um, we've really seen this lag start with the pandemic. And so um, as far as the data trends that we're seeing, it's starting with 2019 data, tax data, which is the data that was filed in 2020. And so that is where we're seeing it. So it's very clearly aligning with the pandemic. And so, I mean, I think, you know, I can't say for sure 100% of cause and effect, but it's very clearly tied to, to the pandemic. And I think it's particularly frustrating because everybody wants to know what happened in 2020, right? Like, did grant makers step up? Were policies changed? Did enough money go out? Those are questions we get every day. And it's so hard to answer those questions when there's the data lag happening at the same time, um, which is why in the blog, I talk about it being kind of a catch-22 because like on the one hand, data feels really important and recent data feels really important because of the pandemic. But then also because of the pandemic, we don't have as much recent information. And as far as what, you know, why it's happening, the best we can tell it's, it's kind of a, a combination of things. Um, you know, we, we know a lot of foundations and nonprofits asked for extensions for their tax filing because everybody, right, is swamped and there's a lot of fatigue and burnout happening. And so we've actually heard that over 700,000 organizations asked for extensions. Wow. And so that alone is going to, you know, push the timeline out a bit. Um, and then we've also heard that there's some challenges at the IRS right now, just with, you know, bandwidth and um, a lot of process changes. And so it really has kind of created a perfect storm. You know, I wonder too, I mean, obviously our core business is investment management. And so I wonder, I bet there is a small piece of it that has to do with how organizations are investing also. So if they're investing in certain types of assets that frankly have less transparency in terms of reporting, I'm thinking about different types of alternative assets that oftentimes will require you know an extension which someday someday when we have more data we'll be able to figure this out so so how are you guys addressing this issue how's candid addressing this issue we are very busy working on this issue as you might imagine um so we have a bunch of different initiatives um that we've been working on for a few years to kind of try to fill in these gaps um and also to kind of offer folks a scaffolding, right? Like until a hundred percent of the data comes in, here are the early trends that we do know from from these different initiatives that we've been working on. And so one thing we've been working on is what we've been calling our real-time data initiative. And so that's kind of a way that we've been trying to reach out and gather data. So rather than waiting for the IRS or waiting for folks to share with us, we've been using data science to go through uh, press releases and, you know, uh, news announcements, funder websites to try to see what information is out there. So rather than waiting for folks to come to us, we've been proactively trying to gather information and integrate them into our systems. And so that's one thing we've been doing. Um, That's been really helpful. 
when it you know comes to things like pandemic giving, COVID-19 giving, the crisis happening around uh, racial equity, the, the war in Ukraine, we've been scouring the internet basically to try to see what some early signals are about giving based on press releases along those those lines. Okay. And so are you able to just capture, for instance, if an organization or a foundation fills out their 990, but it hasn't been processed yet, it's sitting in the IRS office or whoever, can you accept that on some sort of like tentative basis? Absolutely. And we love it. (laughs) <laughs> when, when people give, give us that data. So we have around 800 funders who share their grant making with us directly. And, and this is, again, like one of those places where a little effort goes a long way when everybody's doing it. We have funders who share information with us annually. We have funders who share information with us quarterly. We have a whole, a whole way you can kind of be a data sharing partner um, and you can share your grant making before you ever file with the, the IRS. So you don't have to wait. And then on the, the nonprofit side as well, if you're a nonprofit and, you know, you've you've gotten your, your 990 in order, um, but you're not, you know, it hasn't gone through the IRS process, you don't have to wait. You can send that to us as well. All right. This is good. So these are action steps. And actually, as, as you know, I always want us to have some action steps for, you know, concrete things for our listeners to take away. So what are, and you could use this as the first one if you want, but what are three key takeaways you'd like for our listeners? So private foundations, public charities, others across the social sector, what would you like folks to consider? Yes, absolutely. So I will say, you know, for funders, uh, just like I was just saying, uh, becoming a data sharing partner, it makes such a big difference. I would really recommend if you're a funder to join our, our data sharing community um, and share, you know, timely data about your grant making um, so that we can let everybody know all the great work that you're doing. Right. And all foundations, right? So I'm a family foundation and we have, you know, $10 million Fine. Great. Awesome. Send it in. Okay. Perfect. Just that's a lot of our clients out there, right? So I wanted to make sure that that we're clarifying that. What else? To speak to right the different kinds of audience, I would say uh, if you're a nonprofit, um, you know, claiming your your candid nonprofit profile on GuideStar like we were talking about. A lot of nonprofits don't realize it, but if you filed with the IRS, you do exist on our website. You're there, but it's just very minimal information, right? Tell your story, claim your profile, add information, you know, help folks understand the good work that you're doing as well. I think that's a great piece of information, too. And you can get a seal of transparency. So as I'm glancing at stuff, I will look for that seal. I think those kinds of things are important. And and people do read that information. So thank you for, for sharing that. So, OK, so we've got become a data sharing partner for the foundations, claiming your profile for the nonprofits. Final bit of advice? You know, I would say... Anybody working in the, the social sector should be aware that there is kind of this almost state of crisis going on along with the larger crisis. And so I think, you know, maybe reflecting on what that means for where you sit, I know that a lot of nonprofits are feeling overburdened with all of the things that they have to fill out for grant making. So if you're a grant maker, what can you do to ease that burden? If you're a researcher, what can you do to ease the burden of, you know, trying to ask you more surveys? Obviously, come to us for, for data and we'll, we'll share that. Um, and then also 
sharing what information you have because we're all trying to work together on, on putting together the pieces of the puzzle. So if we all hold on to our own pieces, we'll end up duplicating all of this effort as we all try to gather more puzzle pieces. And so that's, again, like really what we try to do at Candid is, is get all of those puzzle pieces together so we don't have to duplicate efforts. Put the puzzle together together. Excellent. I love it. So Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. It's really been a pleasure um, chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. That is all we have time for, unfortunately. Thank you all for listening. If you'd like to learn more on Bernstein's Foundation and Institutional Advisory Services, please see the link to our blogs in this episode's description. And if you enjoyed this episode and you haven't subscribed to our podcast yet, please go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts to subscribe and rate us. Also, please email us with your thoughts, questions, and feedback to insights at Bernstein.com. And be sure to find us on Twitter at BernsteinPWM. 